0: My name is Michelle Hicks. I am a civil engineer and I am the co-owner and executive producer at Firefly Creations. And it's my role to work with our teams to bring all kinds of attractions and experiences to life.
1: So Michelle, I think you have such an awesome job. I mean, you basically make it possible for people to have fun.
0: Is that true? (laughs) Yes. And you know what? It's a lot of fun being able to do that. And um, one of the things I love most about my job is the fact that, you know, when we open an experience, it is there purely for people's enjoyment. And I think that's something really special and quite unique to the world I work in, whether it's a theme park or some kind of other des- entertainment destination. So, uh, yeah, we have to remind ourselves it's all about having fun, no matter if we're doing the, the building or the designing or if we're opening to guests.
1: So how does a civil engineer go into an industry like this? Because I don't think many people, like, believe it or not, consider that engineers are such a major part of theme parks.
0: Yeah, so, gosh, my story goes way back um, through to when I was a young child and I always loved visiting theme parks. It was always the highlight of my year when I got to go and I would count down the days. And and really, that's a passion that continued all the way through teenage years and through to when I was looking at different career paths. And I really wanted to get involved in the designs of of these experiences in particular for me at the time. It was big roller coasters. And I started investigating, like, what what career path do I take? Because you're right, it isn't obvious how you get into this industry. Um, And so I started looking at engineering. And in particular, I was looking at both structural engineering and also mechanical engineering looking at the different parts that make roller coasters stand up and, and make them work and also other ride systems. Um, and then when I started investigating, I realised I really like the idea of not only roller coasters, but big bridges, tall buildings. And that's where I kind of settled on civil engineering as a career path that would give me those tools and techniques to understand how these structures work. So I went on to study civil engineering at the University of Surrey. And then I sort of worked in a very technical engineering role for quite some time. And that was really important for me because it gave me that really strong background in understanding some of the things you need to think about during design, what, you, um, or what you take into account for things that would be a bad design decision and how do we factor them out of the designs we're doing. And, and then really working with large teams of engineers and coordinating all those different inputs. And that's kind of the point at which I ended up in a project management role. And at the time, I think they were, people always said, oh, it's because I'm nosy and it's because I'm, I'm always interested in what everyone else is doing. But I sort of almost fell into project management because I liked coordinating all these different disciplines. And that was at the time everyone working from the structural design through to things like the, the water supplies, the mechanical and electrical systems, all the way through to railway signaling and, and really different industries that I never even thought about when I thought about going into engineering. So having done that for a while I kind of reached the point in my career where I took a step back and I thought I still really want to get involved in the design of theme parks. I'm still really passionate. I still spend all of my holidays going to visit different places and so at this time I started looking around different career options and I saw a project management role working within a theme park and that was my magic moment where I was like oh, I can take like the, the skills I love working in and now that coordination and project management and do that in this world I love. So I jumped into the industry and that's sort of where my journey began within the theme park design world.
1: Well, I've got so many questions. I think I'm going to try and go right back to the beginning for <laughs> you because so many people love theme parks and, you know, the rides and all the, all the things, you know, it's very thrilling um but not everyone thinks I want to go into engineering because I love it so what was it about you as a kid that made you even think that
0: um engineering was an option for you I was fortunate because I actually had family that worked within engineering when I was talking about roller coasters they could say or did you know it was engineers that designed that and I think that was kind of the, the first point the first cog in my mind started turning of this is something I should explore further. And then when I was, I think I was about 14, I went to um, a lecture at the University of Reading, which was about roller coaster design. And that was the moment at which I realized my love and passion for visiting these theme parks could become a career. And that's when I really started focusing on, you know, this is what I need maths for, this is why I need to know about physics. And all of a sudden, I connected two and two. And in my mind, I knew that whenever I was working on a challenge at school or, uh, you know, even, revising for a test in the back of my mind I was thinking this is because I need these skills to design roller coasters Um, and that's really I think what motivated me so strongly moving forward and and continues to do so because I love my job and I love seeing experiences come to life. So how did you know
1: what um, educational tools to develop
0: Um, like who was giving you that information? That's a good question actually so so some of it came from as I said because I had family within engineering, and I actually at quite a young age did some work experience, which was really important just to speak to lots of different people and understand about their paths um, and the different routes available to go within engineering, whether that's apprenticeships or whether it's a degree. Um, I also sought some career advice at the time to say, you know, what are the best um, A-levels that I would need in order to go and start study engineering at university? And that's when having the maths and having the physics was really highlighted to me. So I actually studied uh, double maths because when one one lot of maths isn't enough, you do two. (laughs) So I did two maths A-levels and physics as well as geography. Um, But the reason I did the double maths was because you could then pick additional modules that allowed you to do I think it was called mechanical or mechanics units at the time and that was that really applied sort of physics math where you're looking at motion and movement which was really critical so that's why I did it Um, and it really set me up well for engineering and going into university to study a civil engineering course.
1: So a lot of um, young people assume that to go into engineering you've got to be brilliant at maths and brilliant at physics. Was that your story?
0: It's do you know what? Engineering is a really interesting one because you need to have basic math skills, but actually a lot of the day-to-day, unless you're really going into the detailed research side of engineering, it's very simple math. It's addition, it's subtraction, it's multiplication and division is the majority of what an engineer uses day-to-day. Now, if you go to university, there are much more complex math analysis skills you use. And the reason they're there is to support that. Uh, sort of theory behind the engineering so it's important you understand it but you don't have to be perfect at maths you know it is a lot of it's in the working out and it's in the understanding of the process so I think if you even if you're not that strong at maths you can still succeed as an engineer as long as you have in the back of your mind the reason you're doing that and you, you sort of get through the, the difficult modules at university then you'll be totally fine Um, it's all about the application, and understanding what's going on in the background. If you can get get to the bottom of that, you'll be a better engineer than someone that can solve a really, really difficult equation that you're probably not going to use in real life.
1: So you did those four A-levels. What was the process you went through to get to the University of Surrey? Because there are so many different ways into engineering. Why did you decide that the way that you went was the best way for you.
0: Yes. Yeah, so when I started looking at engineering degrees, I was actually looking for what they would call a general engineering course because I was thinking about um, you know getting as much variety of experience as I want as I possibly could during my studies. Um, so I wanted to do a little bit of mechanical engineering, a little bit of civil, a little bit of electrical. But actually, that process of learning more about courses and going to visit universities. Uh, speaking to the lecturers and seeing sort of the facilities i realized sort of during that probably six month process i was most drawn to the structural and civil engineering side of things again the big structures and um and the forces working on those so that's when i started honing in on civil engineering and then the reason i chose surrey in particular um, there were a couple of things actually number one was that when i went there it felt like home it was really really friendly um, there everyone had open doors, you were able to talk to the lecturers like at an equal level and that's something that I appreciated throughout my degree. Um, and even you know I continued to go back to the university to do events and to do speaking and it still feels like going home. So I think you have to pick somewhere that you want to be. The other thing was um, as an engineer, they were offering uh, sort of sponsorships where you could be sponsored by a company and that meant that you got your course fees paid for. but also more importantly, When you had summer breaks and also a placement year in the middle middle of your degree. So I did like two years, placement year, two years to get a master's. Um, I was able to go and get that work experience. So even by the time I graduated, I had about two years work experience, which really put me sort of in front of other graduates and allowed me to get into those top positions. So I would always say to anyone looking at engineering, try to get a combination of that academic as well as that work experience, because. There's only so much you can learn sort of within a, a university course when you apply it. And when you're working with other engineers and other disciplines, you learn a lot more about that design process. And that's kind of half the battle. So if you can see an option to do that or you can weave that within your course, I'd always advise you to do so.
1: You talked about developing a project management role. Was that a company that... Um, specialised in theme
0: parks? So I started off um, going into project management when I was working in an engineering consultancy. So this was a company that worked on everything from bridges to uh, railways through to highways and working with all the various discipline, engineering disciplines that would be involved in those projects. It's when I started to think about firstly combining my skills in project management with my passion for going into theme parks that kind of those two worlds merged and that's when I took on a project management role within a company called Merlin Entertainments. And specifically, I was based at Chesington World of Adventures Resort, um, which many of you may know is a big theme park just outside London. And there I was responsible for delivery of, traction, of attractions and experiences, uh, multi-million pounds worth of budgets and everything all the way through from the Gruffalo River Ride Adventure, which was the first project I worked on at Chesington all the way through to Land of the Tiger, where we actually created three separate tiger enclosures around the water ride. So it was really a great way for me to learn about the industry and all the different kind of projects that can be involved within the theme park.
1: You clearly had an end goal Mm -hmm. and everything you were doing was kind of building up your educational skills, but also your industry experience. Um, What is it that you do today? Mm -hmm.
0: So my role today as the co-owner of Firefly Creations is bringing experiences to life around the world. So I work with a team that's formed not only of engineers, but also of creative professionals. And I've learned a way that we can really combine those skill sets to break down the barriers between creative design and technical engineering to really push the boundaries of what's possible within attraction design. And the thing I really love about that is I've gone from this world which was very technical, where I was designing steel and concrete structures and a profession which typically isn't thought of as particularly creative. And we can go into that a bit later on. But I'm now working in a world where we're really bringing stories to life. And my engineering skills are used to figure out what technologies we can use to actually tell those stories to guests. And and it's almost like the ride vehicle itself, whether that's a roller coaster or a water ride, or even if you're on your feet. That's the mechanism to take you through this journey. And then all around you, there's this world where we've got uh, set designs, so like theming and props, we've got audio, we've got lighting, special effects, even all the way through to things like artificial intelligence that are coming into attraction design now. So my world of engineering has gone from sort of this small world of, of steel and concrete to this massive world full of all kinds of technology, and I'm constantly learning, so It really excites me because there's so many different ways we can take this. And I work with so many people on a day to day basis, people that starting my career in engineering, I never would have thought about working on. And and I really want to push that message out there to say that as an engineer, you you don't have to follow a defined career path. Whatever you're passionate about, you can find a route into that. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't follow the typical A to B career path. I, I, I sidestepped into something I was passionate about but I've never look back because there's so many opportunities and when you enjoy it, that's when you really push yourself and you're going to achieve the most satisfaction out of your career. It is
1: really amazing to like hear your journey. Um, and what I'm trying to get my head around is the fact that you studied civil engineering. Um, and I can totally see how that relates to um, like roller coasters and theme park rides. And, um, But like the skills you must have developed over your career, I mean, it just must be sort of like night and day from what you were learning at university to what you do today. Um, Is there anything in all of that experience and time um, that has been consistent throughout in terms of engineering?
0: So, one thing that I always use and I think would always be helpful is that really basic engineering knowledge. So, it's almost that being able to pick up a, a piece of paper or a notebook on site and r- sort of look at, for example, what are the loads on a structure and therefore how strong do we need to make it? That then adds into what materials are we going to use? How expensive is that going to be? Which comes into the project management side of things and pulling together budgets. So, even though I'm sort of, I have this more varied career where I'm working across all kinds of technology, it's always really valuable having that basic engineering knowledge and that never disappears. I think the other thing as well from having that experience all the way through university and working with an engineering sort of consulting company is that you're working in a team full of lots of different people requiring coordination and that's where the project management side comes in. And again, something I use every day because... I want my team within Firefly Creations to be able to focus on their role and know that I'm sort of coordinating everything around them and they can do the best bit possible for, for what they're best at. Um, so it sets you up so well, sort of knowing the design process and, and knowing sort of the stages to go through a project, whether that's from the feasibility stage, when you're looking at sort of financial uh, feasibility as well as um, sort of technical feasibility, all the way through concept design, technical design and into construction those are transferable skills that go across a project. Now, whether it's something like a railway station or whether it's a roller coaster, yeah, there's a few changes, but the principles and the process are the same um, and we apply that. And I think having that engineering background really gives you that process to follow and that helps prov- provide the team with focus and drives that project through, particularly when we've got ty- challenging timescales to, to deliver an attraction for opening day as we normally do. Yeah.
1: I mean, most people have this stereotype image of engineers being you know, dressed in fluorescence, uh, wearing a hard hat, steel toe cap boots. I can totally see why that kind of outfit is really <laughs> yeah. appropriate when you're like building a theme park. But is that typical um, perception of engineering appropriate for what you do?
0: No, (laughs) I I would say I spend more time in high heels than I do in a hard hat. Um, Now, there are times when I'm on site when I totally have the fluorescent jacket and I have the hard hat on and you have your PPE. And that's I'm totally comfortable doing that because that's what you wear on a construction site. But most of the time I'm attending professional meetings. I'm coordinating design process and that's working in an office uh, with professional people who are generally in shirts, maybe ties, maybe not, depending how formal it is. But it's it's a very professional situation. And I think quite often, because as engineers and as people working on projects, we get so excited about seeing what we've been working on being built. Um, Mm. And certainly for me, that's the most exciting part is we want to share that with the world. So we're always showing pictures of construction sites which have people in their PPE because they need to be safe and they need to be visible and they need to have their hard hat on. So It's something that I think is almost ingrained within engineers that we show that, but we need to remember that that's not our everyday and we need to maybe not push that out there as much as we do because it could put people off who maybe think that engineers spend their whole day on construction sites because that is a common perception. I don't. It it depends on sort of what project it is, what stage, but it's always more office-based. Unless you want to be on site, then there are roles where you can be all day every day managing a construction team so it's really flexible and I think there's a role for everyone depending on sort of what you want your work situation to be like and where you want to be based. So that
1: sort of like leads on to this other um, myth that engineering is more for men than for women. Um, What's your
0: opinion on that? So, absolutely not, 100%. Can't get that across any clearer that engineering is not just for men, it's not for any particular type of person, it's for a diverse range of professionals. And actually, the more diversity we can bring into engineering actually brings in better ideas, whether that's male, female, uh, different races, different sexualities. Everyone's got their own personal experience that they bring to a project. And I would always advocate for having as many different viewpoints as possible because you start bouncing ideas off each other. It's a bit like when I have a meeting where I'm bringing in creative designers who are coming up with a storyline and then technical engineers. Typically, that's seen as a bit strange. And normally those meetings will be kept separate. But I bring them together just because those people prompt different ideas. And it's almost like you're awakening part of a brain that otherwise just kind of sits there because it's, it's comfortable. We talk about this kind of artwork design or we talk about what kind of steel to use. When you put them together, it's kind of magic. And you get a bit of friction sometimes. You know, there's conflict, but out of those conflict come the best design solutions. Um, And I think that could be done more across engineering and more across the kind of people that come into engineering, which sort of brings me back to my point regarding creativity. When people say that engineers aren't creative, they absolutely are. Okay, maybe they can't draw really pretty pictures, but they can come up with solutions in a way that I think no one else can um, and, and give them a pro- give an engineer a problem they won't leave it alone until they've got that answer to me that's creativity and that's out of the box thinking and I think that can be applied across all different kinds of industries and likewise people that typically would think I'm not an engineer I don't like maths well maybe you don't need to do the math side of things maybe you just need an understanding of that but you can bring solutions and the people that are good at math they can do that bit So it's knowing what you enjoy and kind of working to your skill sets rather than trying to be good at everything. No one is. I'm not. I have a team that is good at different parts of things. And I know who to go to for those elements. If I tried to do it all myself, it would never be as good. Not in a million years.
1: Often people see engineering as um, providing people with necessities, you know, fresh water or means of um, transportation, which can like, you know, massively speed up a process or something, you know. Um, what you do is in the entertainment space and, but, you know, so why is what you do making a
0: difference? Absolutely. And I think now more than ever, sort of mental well-being is increasingly important. Um, and what we're doing by giving sort of these spaces people can enjoy is it's a place to turn off. It's a place to escape from the stresses of daily life. And certainly, I know for myself personally growing up, going to a theme park was a way that I I could forget about everything else going on and just have a nice time with my friends and family. So what we're doing is I I think it's really important in a different way than perhaps the likes of supplying clean water, which absolutely is critical. Um, And engineers working on that should be absolutely commended. But I also think we need to recognise that there is a need for entertainment, no matter how big or small, uh, and a place for people to really get together have that social interaction and really create memories with friends and family and that's what we're doing and i think that it, it makes the world a happier place but i think it also makes the world a better place because it gives people a place they can escape
1: absolutely i mean you know though doing that kind of work should not be overlooked or underestimated because when i think back in my own life and maybe you know, the things we did as a family growing up, it's always been those moments where we get together and, and have fun that stick in my mind the most. So it is essential work.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's really important that we're able to look back when things do get tough, because we all go through challenging phases, that we have those happy memories that we can look back on. And that's what drives us forward and, and drives us to achieve more in our lives. So um, I see it as just as important as sort of other projects being worked on, whilst you may be working on, say, design of a new bridge to get people somewhere, that has a need, that has a necessity. But I also think that mental wellbeing has a necessity and we all need to take time to look after ourselves. Entertainment is an important part of that in whatever form that you may enjoy. Uh, So I, I, I think it's very rewarding to see people being able to enjoy those experiences that we've been creating.
1: And it is quite amazing how technology plays such a massive part in
0: that. And sometimes, you know, some of the technology within theme parks is actually innovating in ways that it may help other industries. Going back to things like augmented reality, there are rides out there like there's a Super Mario Kart experience, which is really pushing the boundaries of augmented reality in terms of um, headsets that thousands of people are using every day. They've got these glasses that come over their eyes that show them the world of Super Mario in life that can then be applied to other industries. So things like medical care, you know, when we're training staff um, to do complex operations, let's simulate that using the same technology. So I think it shouldn't be underestimated how what we're doing with an entertainment space can actually be used to help other industries as well.
1: There's been a lot of um, effort in recent times of trying to get girls and women to consider a career in engineering. Um, and I think the effort has been put into showing that it can be for women as well as for men. But what I want to know um, is, who do you think, um, or, or rather, what kind of personality makes a good engineer?
0: Hmm. It's, I'm going to answer it depending on the role, because again, there's so many different types of role within engineering that I don't think it's a a one personality fits. Like Just going to two extremes, you have maybe one route within engineering is you are in a design office and you're doing technical details. So you're looking at calculations of forces on the connection of a building. So where two elements come together, how are they going to stay together, making sure that's strong enough. Really, really detailed approach. But on the other hand... You've got someone on site that is managing the team, building that. And they probably need to be a really outgoing person that has the ability to to juggle lots of different tasks going on around them. So you're the complete opposite where you're in this world, there's lots going on, rather than being in this world where you're focused on a, a single task. So there's a full kind of spectrum across engineering. And I actually think sometimes you don't... I'm going to say you shouldn't stereotype yourself into one or the other, just because let's say you're a quiet person. Some people would think you have to be sat in a design office because that's a quiet environment. Well, no, maybe you're quiet because you just haven't had the opportunity to go out and manage a big team. And that's where you can really come out of your shell. So I think it's about doing what you're comfortable with and you will find those opportunities within engineering, regardless of personality type. That's one of the best things. There is something for everyone, regardless of how you think. So if you can again get some experience working within engineering even before you go to university, like just, just do a couple of weeks and just see those different roles and kind of see what you enjoy most, and then that's the way you should go.
1: So, you've gone from strength to strength because I've known you for a few years now. Um, what do you think has led to your success as an engineer?
0: Following my passions, following my dreams. Um, I'm a huge advocate for doing what you enjoy rather than doing what you're told to do. Um, Obviously, there are routes to be taken to do that. um, And and it means, you know, going through certain parts that you may not enjoy so much. But having that overall goal where you are thinking, I one day want to work as an engineer building space shuttles or building a racing car or building roller coasters. If you've always got that focus, I, I think that's what gave me the drive and continues to give me the drive in order to push my career further. And that means, you know, if you're working on a project and you're having to work late because there's been a challenge you didn't expect and you need to overcome it, that's okay because you're working on what you enjoy. You're not sat there thinking, I just want to go home. Uh, To me, work is so important part of my life. Yes, there needs to be balance. And of course, everyone needs their time to relax um, and sort of have, have me time, if you like. But when you need to put that extra effort in, when you love your job, it doesn't feel like it's a it's a chore you're just working towards an output which for us ultimately in a project is opening that attraction and seeing people enjoy it and i've always i'm always thinking in the back of my head you know it's okay because tomorrow we're going to open it so we need to overcome this hurdle and you get there you get there as a team and it's about motivating the team to achieve that together
1: what are the typical challenges you come across doing what you do
0: i think with any engineering as a whole or any project where there's sort of a technical engineering element I see it as this kind of really big engineering puzzle. Um, and one of the things you need to make sure is you don't lose any of those particular pieces within the puzzle. So part of my job is making sure that I'm thinking about everything that's involved, as I mentioned, so that individual team members can focus on doing their role to the best of their ability. And to do make sure I, I am overseeing all of those elements is really taking time to develop a process to make sure I'm almost ticking everything off. Uh, and making sure each engineer or each creative designer or each um, technician feels that they're involved in a project and actually will come to me if there's a problem. I think that's the biggest thing, it's creating a team atmosphere where everyone can input every stage because if there is a piece of the puzzle that's slightly off, I'd rather know because then I can work with the team and we can come up with solutions together and having that engineering background and being able to logically think through a solution Means that I can be as part of a part of those discussions as well as the rest of the engineers. And I think that sort of generates a certain level of respect with the team. And that's been really critical for me in my career because I'm not just sat there saying everyone else find the answer. I'm as involved with that as possible. And that's only engineering that allows me to do that.
1: What's been the most personally rewarding project that you have done to date? Ooh.
0: I have to pick just one <laughs> um the, probably the one that comes to mind immediately um is the project where we put in four tigers and created a new habitat at Chisholm's World of Adventures the reason I say that is because it wasn't only an engineering challenge but it also really created this um amazing place for these endangered animals to live and I've never worked on a project quite like that where it wasn't just about the guest it was all about the welfare of these animals and also about educating people about their importance and the importance of conservation so it really kind of had this dual impact in terms of people both enjoying the experience but actually learning about it and and even adding to the conservation of the species so I remember when um, the tigers arrived on site for the first time and seeing them sort of go into this area we've been working for several years to create it was an incredible feeling um, and it's since gone on to win an award from BIAZA, which is a British shoe design um, organisation, just because the tigers are so happy there. And to me, that's that's an incredible feeling to know that we've improved the life of those endangered animals. And they're so incredibly beautiful as well. So, um, yeah, special place in my heart. I think that project.
1: That sounds so awesome. You must get to travel a lot. I mean, what kind of areas of the planet? Um, do you provide theme parks for?
0: Anywhere there's a theme park or they want to build a theme park, uh, we will go. So that's the thing is it's very project focused. So we work around the world. So there's lots of projects, for example, going on in the US, um, across Europe, in the Middle East, there's a lot of investment at the moment. So it, it's quite exciting to get involved in different cultures. And it's really important we sort of experience those cultures and understand what existing attractions that may be there, but also, you know, what's missing and how can we tell stories of um, local culture, local history through entertainment, because people ultimately learn more if they're having a good time. So we want to educate in a lot of those experiences as well as entertain. And that means people coming to those countries as well. They can learn a lot. So whenever we're on a project, I'm always trying to sort of get over there, spend a bit of time there, see what other experiences there are. Uh, which isn't a bad way to spend your time, admittedly, but it means that we can design better attractions at the end of the day.
1: You get to continue what you love doing during your youth, which is just so awesome.
0: I, I, well, I remember um, when I was younger, it was, oh, Michelle loves going to theme parks. It's probably just a phase. And here we are <laughs> 20 years later. Phase is still going, but it's become my career. And, um, yeah, I, I love going to see... Uh, whether it's a project we've been working on or we've been involved with or if it's just something else within the industry. It's really great to see the approach that's been taken and particularly when we get to meet with those design teams and see how they've come up with solutions. It's always nice to think about oh that's that's a new idea and it might prompt a new idea that we can then implement Um, so it's really great to to share sort of the best innovations moving forwards.
1: So for any young people that are sort of thinking about going into engineering and maybe following in your footsteps, what are they likely to be working on in the next sort of like 10, 15 years? I mean, where is theme park entertainment heading?
0: That is always a very good question because it's always developing. Every, every single year we see new innovations on the market. But I think one of the things that excites me most is potentially The use of both um, artificial intelligence and augmented reality and all these new technologies that are allowing us to do new things that previously wouldn't have been impossible on experiences. So let's say we have a roller coaster. All of a sudden, we're getting to the point with augmented reality where you can be on a roller coaster and you you can see that experience and you have all the fun of being on that ride but we've got aliens attacking you or we've got you know all these things going on around you that just add to that level of experience in addition to the physical um that you're feeling so the sensations of the ride what you're seeing around you or even what you're hearing so it's almost like we're adding another sense to an experience Um, and it's all about attractions that are reacting to you as well so you're not just sitting on a ride that's going around a track or, or or we call them dark rides where you're on a sort of slow-moving vehicle, where you've got really detailed sets and storytelling around you. All of a sudden, we can play with that in a whole new way, and it makes every ride experience different. And that's something that excites me, and that we're really pushing forward to, to create a new kind of experience, also where it's sort of linked back to your home, so it doesn't end when you leave the theme park. It's, it's kind of limitless at the moment. So we're, we're really working to push that technology. And uh, I think anyone who comes into this industry... whether it's in more traditional engineering like civil or mechanical engineering whether you're working on coding and computing there are so many opportunities to really create something very special.
1: It just seems absolutely limitless Um, and gone are the days I mean you just reminded me I remember being in I think it was Universal Studios and um, we're in this kind of like dome space and we were sitting on chairs and at the end of the ride there was like these little um tail like things that were um controlled pneumatically and they kept um swaying from side to side as though rats were running around your feet and i was like i don't know probably five or something and i'm like remembering it now but i think times have moved on since then but i thought that was so advanced and so like out there
0: but but those things i mean we call them ankle ticklers and they because they're traditionally you know under your seat and they flip around and it makes yeah. you feel like your ankles being tickled but yeah for for rats running past your feet snakes things like that we use them for but the really great thing is they're still used and it's still a great effect because you still need that physical as well as all that like digital surrounding you so I always think the best attractions are the ones where you've got that sort of sense of physical objects combined with the digital. So things like projection map scenes where you've got projection actually on 3D scenery because you're not just looking at a screen. We've all got computers, we've all got TVs. It's about taking people into a world and making them believe that's real. Um, And the more we develop technologies that help us with that and we can kind of blur the boundary between... Um, reality then it's going to create even more immersive experiences for people to enjoy so uh, yeah it's, it's very very exciting time to be in the industry and I think some of the things being worked on at the moment are going to take people by surprise and are going to yeah going to be the next generation of theme parks.
1: So for any young people wanting to make a start uh, to get into this what feels like a really infinite space within engineering I mean there's just there's so many disciplines coming together and, and, and disciplines who have yet to discover they're meant to come together. Like where would be the first start? Like what are your top tips for getting into a career in your world?
0: Yeah. So there's a few different routes in, I mean, I've obviously focused on the engineering route, um, but I know a lot of people that maybe went down an architectural route, because if you think about um, an architect is always thinking about spatial design So um, it's the same thing when we come to experiences, we're looking at the flow of guests through, we're looking at how those spaces work, and we're creating um, sort of environments for people to enjoy, just in a different way than perhaps your traditional building. So as architecture, you can go down more of a creative route, but actually, if you're thinking you're really keen to get involved with theme parks, what I would recommend initially is try and get a job working within a theme park so whatever your local park is doesn't matter if it's big or small get a job either working on the rise or in a restaurant something where you can just learn about how it operates because even if you're then going into like an engineering role where you're doing the technical design knowing sort of what the staffing requirements are knowing how these attractions run so we'll talk about throughputs a lot in terms of how many people can get through so the queue lines don't get too long um they're all it's all information that you need to learn even in terms of maintenance go and work in the maintenance department and see some of the challenges they come across um, come up against something I did uh, I think when I was about 16 I went and worked in a restaurant actually at Chesington so I kind of went full circle but it just helps you to start to understand that operational process behind a theme park um, and regardless of how you get into the industry after that and what sort of profession you take it really opens your eyes up to everything going on and it's It really is a well-oiled machine when you go to these places. You don't see it because they're running it in the background and you shouldn't see it because you should be focusing on having a great experience. But when you start to look behind the scenes, it's really interesting to learn. And that's something you can always apply to to whatever you're working on.
1: And then in terms of getting into engineering specifically, like, do you have any sort of um, pearls of wisdom as a result of hindsight of your own experiences?
0: Yeah, so we, we've spoken about sort of the courses to take and the maths and the physics, which is, is really important for engineering. Um, but actually, I just want to highlight the importance of that practical experience at any level, um, going out and working in a company, even if it's voluntary, it will be so valuable in the long term uh, in, because you will understand how a company works. So when you leave university or you leave your apprenticeship or whichever course you're going into, you don't have that hurdle of what's it like to work within the particular environment you're going into, whether that's an office environment or on-site environment, you can really throw yourself in. And I think that gives you the opportunity to really kind of soar through your career um, and make the most of opportunities as they come because you're you're more confident in a way as well. You, you don't feel like you're nervous at your first day of work. You're going into an environment, you know, and I, that definitely really helped me and allowed me to leave university and focus on delivering projects rather than focus on how am I going to, you know, make it in this new world. I was confident, I was comfortable um, uh, and that's the way it should be. You should be enjoying the projects you're working on.
1: Well, I must say you've completely inspired me because I I just think, you know, your job sounds like such a beautiful balance between, um, you know, really sort of advanced engineering with just a whole load of fun. I mean, going to theme parks to, you know, potentially check out a location and how your engineering is going to sit in that environment. Just, I mean, it just sounds so awesome, you know.
0: It's um just as a kind of finishing note on that. One of the things I learned really, really quickly coming into the theme park world was that there's this whole another layer of um, complexity on projects. So in addition to the structures you're building, um, You've, all of a sudden, you've got to think about not only what does it look like in terms of the finish of the structure, but what's the theming. So, what you know, when we did the Gruffalo ride. I remember someone saying to me, "Well, how much does a 15 foot high Gruffalo cost?" And just going, uh, I'll come back to you on that one. Like, so you've got all of that. Then you've got uh, lighting and sound and like all the audio visual elements, even things like projections. You've got to factor all of that in. Then you've got things like what does it smell like? We put in scent machines into this. And it's all these different worlds that need to be coordinated, which is, I think, perhaps overlooked when people think about a theme park. You don't see because you are focused on the experience. So for all of these things that need to be coordinated and that, I mean, it's a big challenge. When I came into this world, it was a huge sort of learning curve. And the way I dealt with that was really learning from the people around me. Um, I've had great teams and projects I work with. And because everyone is so passionate about what they're doing because they love the industry so much, they'll always take the time to sort of spend an hour with you and tell you about what they're doing. And that's the thing that I love because you learn, you can apply that on future projects, but it also builds that relationship with the team and you create sort of a family atmosphere on a site. And yeah, when you stand back at, an end of, at the end of a project and everyone's tired and everyone's worked really hard, but you're all so proud of what you do, it's an amazing feeling. Um, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, it's why I will continue to work and continue to, to hopefully excel in this industry. Well, I mean,
1: just to give a bit of a context, like how long do projects last? Like,
0: you know, how much
1: work are you all um, doing? Because I'm getting this real sense of family yeah. um, and, and sort of like teamwork and all of that, but like over what kind of periods of time are we talking about? Yes,
0: yeah, so if, if you start from um, sort of the very early idea all the way through to the opening day. It can be anything typically from about a year to maybe five years, depending on the complexity of a project. So you really are working with a team for a long period of time. It, it does feel like you're a family and you're all working on um, bringing this thing to life. So it does it does become personal. And I think that's, that's why it means so much to us. And it's very emotional when attractions open. Um, but it, it means everyone's given it everything and it's the best possible attraction at the end of the day.
1: It must be incredibly fulfilling to know that the work that you're doing makes people smile, makes people happy, gives them experiences that they'll never forget. And um, thank you for sort of bringing engineering into a sort of, like, making it seem like it's not always about calculations and, I don't know, structures and saving people's lives, but it's actually about giving people quality of life as well, which is so important. So thank you for sharing your experiences, and um, I look forward to seeing what you do next.
0: Thank you, I look forward to sharing it, and it's been a pleasure speaking with you today.